Welcome to Lifelines. This is John Augustine. The original title of the great film Casablanca was Everybody Comes to Rick's. In the 1920s and 1930s, everybody came to Salke Wirtel's house. Consider her partial guest list. Otto Klemperer, Jean Renoir, Aldous Huxley, Bertolt Brecht, Robert Kappa, Thomas Mann, and Heinrich Mann, Charles Lawton, Ernst Lubitsch, Billy Wilder, Christopher Isherwood, Greta Garbo, Schundberg, Piotr Gorski, Eric Maria Remarque, Simone de Beauvoir, and Charlie Chaplin. Writers, musicians, filmmakers, a significant portion of the cultural firepower of the time. And they were all frequent weekend visitors at Salka's get-togethers in her modest beach house in Santa Monica. Some, like the Vertils, were Jewish. Many were not, but they were all immigrants, strangers in the very strange land of Los Angeles. And the beach house offered them a haven with home cooking. Salka had been an actress in several European theaters before the first great wave of emigrants poured out of Germany to escape the terrible inflation after World War I. Hunger is what I remember from those years, she later wrote. Her husband, Bertolt, a theater director, was offered an assistant director job in Hollywood, working with F.W. Murnau on the now classic film Our Daily Bread. Salka was almost 40 years old when she accompanied her husband to California in the late 1920s. Los Angeles had virtually no live theater at that time. She received a few small movie roles, but sound films were coming in, a discouraging future for actors with an Eastern European accent. She turned to script writing. Her family needed the income. After Murnau's film, Bertolt found some work, but he was essentially a man of the theater and spent most of his life directing plays in New York, returning to California between assignments. Her salvation was Greta Garbo, the biggest star at the biggest studio in town, MGM. Salko worked up a treatment on the life of Queen Christiana of Sweden, Garbo's home country, and pitched it to the star, who liked the concept, and Mrs. Virtel. They would work together on several film projects over the next decade, and the beach house would become a welcome refuge for the hounded Garbo. They were pals, though the reclusive actress was less likely to drop by at the busy weekend socials. That was when Salka became a social ambassador between the European newcomers and the established Hollywood immigrants, a role she performed with genuine warmth and panache. She would escort them through the local farmer's market, so similar to the European open-air markets they had left behind. Typical is a thank-you note from the great Russian director, Sergei Eisenstein. You have helped me in the most difficult years of my life, and this shall never be forgotten. John Waxman believed that success in Hollywood was 25% talent and 75% connections. One night in Berlin, a gang of anti-Semitic thugs beat up John's father and left him in a gutter. That night, he left Germany for Paris, stopping at a refugee hotel, which also hosted Peter Lorre and Billy Wilder. From there to Hollywood and Salka's living room, where he was introduced to the British filmmaker James Whale. My God, said Whale, I've been looking all over the world for you. I want you to compose the score for my next movie, The Bride of Frankenstein. And that was the first of 144 movies that Franz Hoxmann would score over the next 30 years. 
He was typical of the second wave, not just immigrants, but refugees, fleeing the rise of Hitler's national socialism. And Salka's efforts expanded to meet the crisis. If a European could get an affidavit from an American citizen that they would have employment, support themselves, they could be allowed into the United States. I besieged my American friends for affidavits, Salka wrote in her memoirs. On one occasion, she invited a hundred Hollywood VIPs to her home to hear the visiting writer, Andre Malraux, give an impassioned speech on the war in Spain. The audience donated $5,000 to the cause. She also hosted meetings of the European Film Fund, which urged all Hollywood workers to donate 1% of their salary for the relief of filmmakers overseas, including displaced persons stuck in Casablanca. She had her own share of hard times, divorce, unemployment, illness. In 1954, she sold her beloved house to a friend, the producer John Hausman. Before she left to return to Europe, she left a note for him to let her know how things were going at her old address. It would be wonderful to know, she wrote, that the beach house, which has seen so much of life and love, struggle and happiness, which was the port of entry for so many stranded souls, is a happy home for you and your family. This biography is called The Sun and Her Stars by Donna Rifkind. This program has been Lifelines. I'm John Augustine.